live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. Giving away millions during the Super Bowl 55 squares with the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free today at rocketmortgagesquares.com. Getting down to the nitty-gritty. Got to get in on that. It's good stuff. We bid you good morning. Back in 2016, I think it was. I was, yeah, because I was, I did this show then. I was filling in at that time. And the part of the Warriors got brought up, and this was after the Cavaliers had won their championship. And the move with the with Kevin Durant. Then you hear about the, the rumors of Kyrie Irving wanting out of Cleveland. This is back in 2017 now that I think about it. Kyrie Irving wanting out of Cleveland. LeBron wanting to trade for Chris Paul. Either wanted to trade with his buddy or somehow that he thought they could get better. And you saw the moves with Houston going on, a couple of rumors. Even then about Brooklyn, about the Knicks, about everybody. And there was a lot of conversation about that because I thought there were teams that were hurting themselves in the long term. Now, I know that Houston had a couple of nice runs. It nearly got over the hump. But I thought that there were some teams that were doing some stuff to hurt themselves over the long term. And I looked at Golden State, and I marveled during that time. Because Golden State's a team that during that era was so good, they made other teams worse. Meaning that they would make teams overcorrect, overextend, do things... Maybe because of owners, maybe because of a fan base, maybe because the general manager, they knew that their window was short. They knew they had to go out and get something. They knew they wanted to get something to compete. There were other general managers and owners who just laid low and went, this is not going to be a very long-term dynasty. Things can change at any moment in the NBA. Let's ride this one out. And Golden State themselves were saying this. Like, hey, this this might not be as long as you guys think it's going to be. This isn't going to be some 15-year Patriots dynasty here. Golden State even said that. And there were some teams that waited it out, and Golden State ended up having a great run, but still there were the Cavs, there were the there were the Toronto Raptors that, that took away from that. But during that time, there were, again, teams that were overextending themselves doing too much. And when I say that Golden State makes teams worse, that's what I'm saying. When I said it then, that's what I said. You're so good, you make teams freak out. And they want to go, and, and obviously they're trying to get better. But they do too much and things falter. It upsets the apple cart, whether it upsets one of the players, whether it upsets one of the possibilities with a with a trade like we saw with, with Kyrie Irving in Cleveland. It, it makes teams fuzzy. Gets them out of sorts. And so you're so good, even though not everything's hunky-dory all the time, you're so good while teams are trying to match your level – They're actively getting worse. The Kansas City Chiefs are the new Golden State Warriors. After David Kelly was hired by the Houston Texans, I I thought that that other shoe would fall. We'd always heard rumors about Deshaun Watson. We didn't know it was going to be. We didn't know it was going to be official. And then later on in the day after David Kelly was hired, it became official that Deshaun Watson wanted out. And immediately, all the phones on all the sports talk radio stations, all the television shows, all the podcasts across the country lit up. Because you have to. It's okay to have that conversation. It's okay if you're in Buffalo, as good as Josh Allen is, 
to have that conversation. It's okay in Cleveland, as good as Baker Mayfield was this year, to have that conversation. It really is. But it leads people to get angry, to get emotional. You know, these are places that, even though things are good, do you think that they can get better? Well, that's going to be an arguable thing. It's an arguable thing in, in L.A., where they just got Justin Herbert, and my God, he looks great. But, you know, you do that thing where you sit down at the table and you start to think and you take your fingertips and maybe it's a wood table or whatever it might be, and you, you just kind of rub that table just thinking out loud and you kind of make those marks with your finger. Usually people do it in an awkward moment. They're just kind of rubbing down that table with their fingertips, kind of thinking for a second, and you do that. You can't help it in Los Angeles and anywhere. Or, gosh, this guy's great. Cincinnati, they got their savior in Joe Burrow. Yeah, but you know what? He is coming off a serious knee injury. And, boy, if we gave him Joe Burrow, if we gave him Justin Herbert, if we gave him one of these other quarterbacks who are really, really young and look like they are really, really good, boy, that, that'd be even less than we'd have to give up. There's There might be some places that have to give up three, even four first-round picks for the services of Deshaun, of Deshaun Watson. And now Deshaun Watson has made it prevalent that he wants to be out. He has made it public. He wants out of Houston. And we hit the DEFCON. And what this may do is you do have teams like Buffalo, teams like Cleveland, teams like the Chargers, who I think the Chargers, if you can get Justin Herbert going the right way, the Chargers are a team they got pieces. You know they were an underachieving team. I'm not breaking you any news. I I think that that is a powder keg waiting to explode. And when they do, it's going to be a formidable team. And it could, it could, depending on how Herbert pans out, could be the type of team to to have some sort of competition up there with Buffalo against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, up there against any of the other any of the NFC teams that might have a shot against the Kansas City Chiefs. They might be able to beat them to the punch. They might be able to do it, but still. Anybody who's a Chargers fan, while you love Justin Herbert, you kind of sit there and go, well, you know, he started out really well, but that's expected. Rookies are expected to do well at the very beginning. If they can't do well, we got a real bad feeling about those guys. Josh Rosen, Tua Tungavailoa, we, we got a real bad feeling. We don't like to have to argue for these guys. So now these started out well. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be a second-year swoon. Maybe there's a Darnold to it. Maybe there, Mayfield came back out of it, but maybe there's a Mayfield to it. Who knows? But we know if we get Deshaun Watson, boy, this guy's ready-made. And then you start to think. And I think one of these teams, possibly, depending on the hole that's given up, could end up being like a team that has overextended itself, that's made itself possibly worse in trying to to compete with a team that has become generational. Patrick Mahomes is generational. The type of offense that he conducts, and I don't know this is the scariest thing about it in the ultimate team sport, folks, and I know you've thought about the same thing. Travis Kelsey's 31 years old. He just signed an extension. Tyreek Hill will someday not be Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins will someday not be Sammy Watkins. That offensive line has struggled because of injuries, because, of course, there's been other members, one member of that offensive line that's gone on to do some very incredible stuff when it comes to working with COVID up in Canada. But still, Patrick Mahomes perseveres. In the ultimate team sport, you have one guy who's so good, who's so powerful, that it changes the way we look at it and changes the way we look at the position and makes us nervous. Because he's not supposed to be 
this powerful. It's not supposed to be this way. How many games has he that he's played in? How many games has he lost over the last couple of years? Two. It's been an amazing run for Patrick Mahomes, and it looks like it could continue to be even more amazing next coming Sunday. So it makes us nervous, and we look for ways to overextend ourselves because we're desperate. We want to be able to compete. We don't want to sit there and watch that specter of Mahomes year in and year out take over the NFL. We don't want to do it. Now, on the other side, Houston gave their press conferences yesterday. Cal McNair gave a statement and walked right out of there. He wasn't going to answer anything from anybody. David Culley was hired, and the tough talk has begun. Here's the head coach of the Texans. Deshaun Watson's a Houston Texan. He's a quarterback of the Houston Texans. And that's all that I was concerned about, and that's all I knew. And and whatever was been said about what was been what he wanted to do or he didn't want to do, all I know is this. Having been in this business this long, you know, he is a Houston Texan. And I want him to be a Houston Texan. And the reason I'm in this position today is because I knew he's going to be a Houston Texan. That's David Culley. What else am I supposed to ask him to stay to say? Nick Casario, blunt about the situation. Here's the new general manager of the Houston Texans. Go. Organizationally, um, just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. Um, he's had a great impact on this organization, a great impact on a lot of people, a great impact on this team. And uh, we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring once we get started. And, you know, we have zero interest in trading the player. See, Nick Casario, and this is the fly in the ointment. Nick Casario comes from New England. He learned from Belichick. You always have the power. He learned from Belichick. The player is useful till he no longer is. You've cut people to send a message. You sent Randy Moss away. You sent Richard Seymour away. Richard Seymour was basically lost for the rest of his career after you sent him away. You're the one who sends the message. But, you see, this might be different. Casario talks tough. He can. He absolutely can talk tough. The problem is, is that you're in a bad spot as the Houston Texans. You could always try to talk to him. And I think you should try to talk to Deshaun Watson. Every day, try. Whether you got to send an edible arrangement, whether you have to try to send a bouquet of flowers, whatever you have to do, talk to him. Bring him in on the ground floor. Talk to David Cully again, again, again. Work on this. There's talent. This is part of a guy who has elite qualities. You have to work on this. You have to try if you're Nick Casario and you're David Cully and you're Jack Easterby, who's become this Rasputin-type figure with the Houston Texans and pulling the strings of Kyle McNair. You have to try. There's a big problem, though. There's self-determination with Deshaun Watson. Because if he's determined, and it seems like he is right now, he could always deal with whatever you throw at him. And you'll be the one without the quarterback and a worthless asset. $27 million guaranteed, he doesn't have to file retirement papers. He can keep that $27 million guaranteed right off the rip as long as he doesn't file the retirement papers. If he were to, quote-unquote, retire, then all of a sudden they can come for some of that guaranteed money, of course. So if he doesn't retire, what are you going to do? You're going to find him? Okay, you can find him. 
Or are you going to find him against his current salary that he's not playing? If he's okay with letting that money go, if a man no longer cares about money, what have we said for years and years and years, not on this show, but in life? If a man doesn't care about money, he's the most dangerous man you know. Money is what keeps us all on the level. You saw it all week in the news. Money is what keeps us honest with each other. Money tells us the truth. Because I can always rationalize any decision. I can always, as a grown man, as a father, as an individual, you can rationalize just about any decision based on the need for what? The need for money. If that man no longer cares about his money, if that man has decided that his happiness is worth more, and we've seen this in the NBA, to the detriment of the NBA in a lot of cases, but if that man decides that he's fine with the amount of money that he has and that you can do what you he's going to be able to be protected and he will stand on his principles, then I don't care how tough Nick Casario talks. I don't care what David Kelly says. I don't care what any of the pundits say. If Deshaun Watson is determined as he is, as he seems to be, you can't do anything with that guy. And it's the worst thing that Casario could have done. Because, you see, he might have learned from Belichick. But he didn't learn from Belichick about the most important position, and it was right there in his face all season long. His former quarterback is playing against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl at 43 years old. His former quarterback has been that powerful. Don't you see? You can learn everything you want from Bill Belichick. The problem is is that you fall into the same trap as so many people before, including Bill O'Brien, including him. We say the Patriot way. Have we not been proven this year that the Patriot way cannot be done unless you have who? A quality? No, 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 no. A friend? No, 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 no. An elite level quarterback who's bought into the system, who perpetuates everything you have to say to the franchise, which means to the other players, which means to the fan base where then you can continue to be successful in what has become the most important position in sports and now the most powerful position in sports. A guy like Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the field of their former quarterback will lord over the NFL for what could be the next 15 years. What, did he just turn 26? A guy like Mahomes can do that. And with the rules, he'll continue to be able to do that because we're not going to buckle down on the rules anytime sooner. We can barely hit the guy. Certainly, we can barely hit his wide receivers. The offense is going to go up and up and up, and the rings are going to stack up one by one by one by one by one. And we had the proof right there with Tom Brady. Has Nick Casario not learned that? In the back of his mind, he probably has. Because I can't expect Nick Casario to say anything different publicly. I can't expect David Culley to say anything different publicly in an introductory press conference when the coach just got hired. I can't expect them to do that. They can't go out there and say, I know, Deshaun's going to leave. And, folks, we're in a tight spot. So if you come together with your best offers here, please give us a call. Give us a call at 855-2124-CBS. Deshaun doesn't want to be here anymore. So, well, I... I guess that we're just going to have to let Deshaun go. By the way, here's the next head coach of your Houston Texans, ladies and gentlemen, David Culley. You're not going to do that. 
I wouldn't expect him to. I would expect Nick Casario to have the foresight to learn from his former boss, to learn what Bill Belichick taught him and what happened around Bill Belichick. Because the Patriots, without Tom, well, they were just another football team this year. Bill Belichick's a legend. They looked like an also-ran 500 football team this year. And the Houston Texans, without Deshaun Watson, may very well be and also ran just another football team this year. But you have a great asset. And you can move that asset. You can give him what he wants, and you can get something back in return. And there's been plenty of teams that we think about that have great opportunities to go out and snag a guy like that. The Jets, I'm nervous about the Jets because if if you give up too much, you're just the Texans. It's the same thing for a lot of teams. If you give up too much, if you cannot help your football team and put pieces around Deshaun Watson, and people have said it's, it's elite, it's fantastic, he proved it this year, and you can give me all the numbers you want. When you're getting your break speed off, your numbers are going to go up. I know how good he is. I'm not saying he's garbage. I'm not saying that he's overrated. I'm not trying to say that about Deshaun Watson, but if this year has proven anything, The man needs pieces around him. He needs them. If this year has proven anything. So if you're giving up too much, if you're the Jets or the Carolina Panthers where you don't start out with much, boy, you're going to be in a tough spot. If you're the Miami Dolphins, this is where I say if you're Steve Ross, Chris Greer, Brian Flores has to be licking his chops. Tua, it's been great. We hope that you and David Culley can mature together. We hope that Josh McCown, who's this foot-in, foot-out offensive coordinator because he wants to be a coach for his children and watch his children play, which is fantastic for him. God, I love Josh McCown. I really do. And then maybe Josh McCown takes over. We bid you adieu. It's plain and simple. The Dolphins with Deshaun Watson, that's, that's, a, that's a borderline playoff team last year. With Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tungavaloa, that's we expect to go to the Super Bowl now. With a coach like Brian Flores, obviously I think that can work. There's a couple of other teams that you're going to be mad to hear the conversation, but it's worth that conversation. But is that juice going to be worth the squeeze? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Okay, it's up to you. If you're listening in South Carolina, if you're listening in L.A., if you're listening up in Green Bay, if you're listening up now, I'm not saying the Packers should make the move. I'm just saying in in Wisconsin. Whatever your favorite team may be, whatever team that you think is the right fit, fine. Where should Deshaun Watson go? Should he stay with the Houston Texans? What should the Texans do to keep Deshaun Watson? And, yes, can this be salvaged? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Ken Carmen wants to hear from you. Call him now at 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. Jay Retcher, WDAE, Tampa Bay, joining us here in less than 20 minutes. Also, Cody Tapp, Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. We'll talk to him. I always get my 610s mixed up with Houston and Kansas City there. But Cody Tapp going to join us with Sports Radio 610 uh, in uh, Kansas City. Also, Josh Applebaum, Beeson. We'll talk bets with him. 
That coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I don't blame any fan base. There were people, you know, I'm based in a city that has a quarterback. There was still conversation. People got mad. They got really mad about it. What? I don't blame anybody for having the conversation. There are pros and cons. And there are some quarterbacks that get mad. I'll, I'll get into that later. I I think if you're going to get mad over your franchise having a conversation about Deshaun Watson, if you go south over that conversation, you've proven you're not a franchise quarterback in your own right. 855-212-4CBS. Let me go to the phones. James in West Palm Beach, Florida. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, James. Hey, guys. What's up? Nothing much, James. Go right on ahead. I um, Just a quick question. Well, first and foremost, thanks for the show. It gets me through Saturday mornings um, while I'm changing diapers. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, like, big Steelers fan, obviously, over here. Um, what does the Steelers have to do to be able to get Sean Watson to pick up the phone and even remotely listen? And what do they have to give up? And are you going to have to give up too much and it's going to hurt your franchise over the next four or five years? You have to tell the Rooney family to give up on Ben Roethlisberger. You have to coax them into believing that Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> is washed up because everybody else in the world believes that Ben Roethlisberger is washed up, probably including even blood relatives of Ben Roethlisberger. But the Rooney family is going to continue to trot that thing out there going into 2021. And I would say, James, you have a real if, – if there were no Ben Roethlisberger, if he were to retire right now – you'd have a hell of a shot to land a guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, they're obviously – Ben's obviously holding them handcuffs a little mm-hmm. bit, coming out yesterday saying he wants to keep on playing. But we all saw the yardage downfield has decreased, the arm strength has decreased, the offensive line, he doesn't move well enough anymore. Deshaun Watson fixes a lot of those problems for you immediately. Yep. I, I, I wish I could tell you anything different. I really do. And people say, well, the cap and, and the number well, – no, Deshaun's isn't that terrible right now. It's not that bad. And, and if you wanted to give up first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, you're thinking about this. I, I know that they're in a bit of a cap hell situation. You don't have to give up. You're going to have to give up some free agents. That's true. But you wouldn't have to give up as much as the number had Ben Roethlisberger kept his contract. Now, he's going to change that contract. According to the press conference that we saw with Rooney and everybody else earlier this week, he's going to change that contract and try to provide some relief. The worst thing is, though, is that that's not the quarterback you want anymore. And, and I look no. at this yeah, – go ahead, go ahead, James, go ahead. And you guys were talking earlier about, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and, and a bad year and pieces around him. All the pieces are there from a wide receiver standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to fix the defensive line just a little bit, maybe get James Conner healthy, maybe move on from James Conner, maybe draft a guy in the third or the fourth round mm-hmm. as a running back. Mm-hmm. But I think Pittsburgh should be contending immediately. The I think if they had Deshaun Watson, I'd put them right back up where they're supposed to be, James. And thank you very much for the call. You know, I, I listen to I, God. They're either named Art or Dan. There's like 15 different Arts and 15 different Dans with the Rooney family. And I listen to them, and I I couldn't help but think about. And I know this week was the anniversary. I couldn't help but think about that contract they gave Kobe Bryant at the end of his career with the with the L.A. Lakers. And it's like here. We, we appreciate what you've done for our franchise. We know we can't – we know that you can't do it as much as you used to anymore. We appreciate what you've done for our franchise. We give you this big contract based on what you've done, not what you're going to do. For the Steelers, and, and they have been a team. They have – they let go of Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd wasn't happy about it. They let go of Kevin Green. Kevin Green wasn't happy about it. 
I, I don't know. Will, will Troy Palomalo even pick up the phone if they call him right now? I, I don't know. I, seriously, I know there was bad blood there at one point. I'm not sure how bad it is. I know James Harrison was, uh, was mad about it at the end. They have consistently cut off earlier, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to be an albatross around their neck going into 2021. If they acted like they did with other legitimate Hall of Famers, these are legendary players. Troy Palomalu is a Hall of Famer. Kevin Green was a Hall of Famer. These guys are legends. And if they acted the way they did with Ben Roethlisberger the way they did with those guys, you'd be right up there at the tippy top to land Deshaun Watson. Why wouldn't he want to play for that team? Juju Smith-Schuster is more than likely gone. I believe you still have Washington. You obviously have Chase Claypool. You have to fix a couple of things across the offensive line. Matt Filer can be up and down, and who the hell cares anyway? Alejandro Villanueva looks like he's gotten a bit rough even over seven years over there at the position of the left tackle. It looks like his his injuries have have started to mount up on him. I wonder if you, if you have Deshaun Watson, if you could talk Marquise Pouncey into returning. You can find a running back if, you find, if you've done your scouting, which Kevin Colbert has. You can find a running back just about anywhere. It's Ben Roethlisberger. It's really ownership holding you back. Robbie on Long Island. You're next yes. up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Robbie. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Doing wonderful. Go ahead. All right, so I'm a big Jets fan, all right? Now, you know the situation with Deshaun Watson. Supposedly he said he wants to come to New York, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, what do we do? You know they're going to want us to give up everything for him, right? Then we have no weapons to put around the guy. That's mm-hmm. the problem. And I feel like maybe if we kept those two first-rounders, do we you know, roll the dice with Sam Donald to give him some weapons because he's never had anything either. That's, you know, it's like... Ro- Robbie, I, I, I had a call. I, I did a show on FAN about a month ago, and there were, there were calls already about Deshaun Watson then. And I, I said the same thing you just did. I swear to you. I, I said, I, 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 if I, I give up I, three or four first-round picks with, with probably a Sam Darnold, if I give up three or four first-round picks, I don't have anything to begin with. So now I'm just becoming I'm becoming the, the New York Texans is what I'm becoming exactly. here. So yeah. I, I, I can give you – He's a proven franchise quarterback. That's the only yeah. issue. You know, it's like you – know, it's Sam Darnold. He hasn't really proved himself, but he hasn't had the chance to. You know, that, so it's that's like, what, what do we fear. do? And people and, and listen, I, this is people get so emotional about this, Robbie. And I thank you very much for the call. People get so emotional about this when it comes to Deshaun Watson. At least some of my co-hosts have here over the last week. I I know that Deshaun Watson's really good. I know that he's, I I would say he's borderline elite. But he he's proven this year. I don't care what anybody says. He needs weapons around him. He needs stability around him. He's not a guy. I think Patrick Mahomes now in his career can do anything he wants with anybody else. There's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's everybody else. I don't think Josh Allen could just yet. I certainly don't think that that Justin Herbert could, maybe someday in the future. You go down the list of quarterbacks just in the AFC. Could Lamar Jackson right now? No. No. Baker Mayfield? Hell no. Joe Burrow? Maybe, but now he's hurt, so I don't know. Like, you need pieces. Deshaun needs pieces. And if I'm giving up too much... And I can't replenish it. Now, you may have cap space, so you could possibly bring in free agents to do that. I'd have to look at the Jets' cap situation. But if I don't have pieces to help out a defense that was not very good last year, there are a couple guys who played up. If I don't have, if I don't have picks to, to address some of the things that the Jets needed over this last season, you just become the New York Texans. Because if you get Deshaun Watson, your goal is to compete with who? Your goal is to compete with Kansas City. Well, you're starting with an arm or pretty much with your the Jets, both arms tied behind your back. 
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Super Bowl 55 a week away. Jay Retcher, WDAE in Tampa Bay. He joins us coming up at 1040 Eastern. It's Ken Carvin on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. One hour from now, Cody Tab, Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. He'll join us at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. Also, top five subject coming up at 11 Eastern. And mm, there's about to be some new mainings, some Big Bens, some Rogerses, some Breezes, some Riverses very, very quickly. But Super Bowl 55, one week away. Talking about it from the Tampa Bay side, we welcome in from 95.3 WDAE and AM620 in Tampa. Find him on Twitter at Jay Retcher. It's host Jay Retcher joins us on the show this morning. Jay, thanks for joining us this morning. Ken, thanks so much for having me, man. It's my pleasure. At one point, it was what seven and five, and from an outsider's perspective, it's like, hey, you know, Arians wants to go down the field. Can Brady load up the way he used to? And here you are again. Here's Tom Brady. Here's Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians says, well, you know, if they win or lose, he wants to come back for another year. It seems that Tom Brady isn't stopping. What were you thinking at that time compared to what we look at the Buccaneers now getting ready for this Super Bowl? You know, it's funny, pre-bye week, it was just like, you know, you know, everybody's saying, yeah, you know, the Saints are going to win the division. It would be nice if the Buccaneers got a wild card. And, you know, mind you, the Buccaneers haven't even been in the playoffs since 2007 season when they bounced out in the first round of the home playoff game to the New York Giants. And, you know, just I think going into this year and even before the, you know, after having that 7-5 and record, Everybody's just like, just get in there. Just get in. You know as well as anybody. If you get in the tournament, you got just as good of a chance as anybody else. So I think that's what everybody's mindset was here in the Tampa Bay area. Just get in. And, uh, man, have they got in and, and made a big, big, big noise. We're opinionists. We're entertainers. We don't have to be journalists and try to call it down the line or at least act like we are. <laughs> Tom Brady's been a quarterback for a long time. What were your thoughts 10 years ago about Tom Brady, and have you changed your thoughts on Tom Brady now? Well, it's ironic you asked me, Ken, because I actually grew up on Long Island, man. Uh, you know, family, my great-grandparents, Giants fans. So I was always watching him from the New York-Boston side. And, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the same way as I grew up as a kid and didn't like Ken Griffey Jr. or Michael Jordan because they were so damn good. And they beat my teams growing up. Uh, Brady, you know, you had that same kind of, you know, I don't want to say hate, probably too strong, a heavy dislike, but you respect him. You respect uh, what he brings to the table, but to have him here in Tampa Bay now, it's, it's almost surreal. And we're even saying it's still on the show down here, man. It's still, it's still that kind of pinch me. Tom Brady's here, and the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. It's still surreal. It, it's, it, it feels to me like it, it's even more so because it's year one and you go to a Super Bowl. Like, there's no... Like, I, I got to think, if, if you would have made the playoffs this year, lost this year in the postseason, and then next year maybe you get a Super Bowl or another deep run, maybe there's more of an appreciation. I, I have to think, gosh, it's just been a whirlwind for the fan base where it really hasn't sunk in. Like, And as, especially with, yeah, you're only allowed to have so many people in the stadium now. I, I don't know if it's actually sunk in for a Bucks fan. What's it like on your show? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. And it's, you know, going into the no ETAs, uh, no OTAs, no preseasons, uh, Brady was practicing at a high school down here that I used to coach against when I used to coach high school baseball. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's so strange to think, yeah, it'd just be nice. Hey, let's just have an improvement from Jameis Winston last year. Let's cut down on the turnovers. Let's get a wild card bid. Let's give 
especially a lot of these young guys, give them some of that playoff experience. But, yeah, Tom Brady and the way that he's really changed the culture down here, it, it really – you see the different mindsets that these players have. Even guys like Mike Evans, Levante David, that have been here a while, their reps that they're taking in practice and the way that they're kind of being leaders themselves, it, it's definitely the Brady effect, man. So, yeah, a lot of fans, they would have been cool with the playoff appearance this year, but now, hey, you're one of the last two teams standing – it's so hard to get here. Tampa Bay fans know that, being here only one other time before when they won the Super Bowl uh, almost 20 years ago against the Raiders. So, yeah, I think the mindset now has changed in the last week or so. Like, hey, it's no more, hey, happy to be here. And now it's, hey, we're here. Got to win this game now. Jay Retchard, 95.3 WDAE in Tampa, joining us on the show. Will Antonio Brown be able to go? I know he was held out of practice again yesterday, right? Yeah, a bunch of guys were held out of practice yesterday. From what I'm hearing, it looks like A.B. Uh, will try to give it a go alongside Winfield Jr. as well as Jordan Whitehead, Levante David, and Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, interesting, the whole Antonio Brown. There's a very big kind of topic of conversation down in Tampa because we know how much uh, Bruce Arians is a champion of, of diversity and a champion of women. He uh, has a storied background with Billie Jean King and uh, you know, he has two female coaches on the roster. So I was very vocal in, in questioning the move to have Antonio Brown on the roster. But listen, from all accounts, he's been a, a model teammate. He's been staying at Tom Brady's house, and he's really been rubbing off in a positive way on guys like Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller, some of those younger d- receivers. You mentioned that, like, because uh, when they first signed, I think that Antonio Brown, I think he likes making plays. I think he likes, uh, I think he likes playing for a winner and, and playing with Tom Brady. I don't think he likes to go through all the rigmarole anymore. But when that was signed, I felt the same way you did. I go, well, this is, this just seems to be Tom Brady and and all on Tom Brady, and and Tom Brady basically has to make sure that Antonio Brown is kept in line on this football team. Was this just? a pure and simple Tom decision, or did Bruce Arians change his mind? Well, uh, yeah, I think in the beginning when he said, oh, yeah, no chance, and, and he, he didn't like kind of guys like that, I think Bruce was against it. But, you know, Tom's got a lot of pull, and he's earned it. You know, 43 years old, he understands what a guy like Antonio Brown could bring to the team in a positive way, as long as you can keep kind of all that baggage to the outside. And, Tom was probably the guy leading the charge, but this is a full team discussion with Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, general manager Jason Light, and also the Glazer family, the owners, uh, because they do a lot in the community, do a lot for women as well. Darcy glazer Uh one of the children, is a huge member of the community down here. So I think everybody on board kind of talking about this thing, saying, hey, the optics of this initially might not be good, but this guy could give us kind of that safety net at a position where in years past, they've had some injuries, and we've seen it this year as well, and he's helped out in that aspect. So I think if he's in the Super Bowl, I think he will make a little bit of an impact. He's still a phenomenal route runner, uh, one of the best route runners in the game and one of the more steady hand guys in the game too. So if you leave that baggage to the outside, you still got a pretty darn good football player. Jay Retcher in Tampa on the show with us. Yeah, by the way, you mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul. Going back to last week, do you think Aaron Rodgers could have made it to the end zone on third down? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Because I, I, I think either JPP would have ran after him or there was two secondary guys in the middle. And they were tied up with the receiver at the time. But once you see Rodgers taking off like that, those guys would have peeled off of that receiver and, and would have got a, you know, an arm or a leg on him. Uh, do I think he would have got positive yards? Yes. And that maybe changes the decision that LaFleur would have had there. And he probably goes for it instead of kicking the field goal. But I don't think he would have made it all the way to the end on that. I- 
I had the same thought you did. Like, and there were plenty of people going, well, JPP would ca-. I go, I think he might be able to outrun Jason Pierre-Paul to about the three-yard line. Maybe, yeah, exactly. the th- maybe the three, probably the four. Because I think a lot of people, when they saw that still shot, they didn't see the two defensive backs standing right there at the goal line going, there's no way he's getting to the end zone. He could try. There's no way. But I believe what you said was uh, – uh, what was the change – in the conversation this week, because Jay Retcher joining us on the show, what was the change this week for you guys in the conversation where you see Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is turned away again, yet Tom Brady in the second half, not very good in that football game. Tom Brady gets the legendary status. Aaron Rodgers, well, now how great could he really be? One Super Bowl and one Super Bowl appearance. Is it like? Does it highlight to you guys just how great Tom Brady really is? Because in any other generation, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks who ever lived, more than likely. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, if I if I would have said to you after Rodgers won that first Super Bowl that that'd be you know the last one he wins for a while and maybe the only one he wins, you'd probably look at me like I was crazy because he's so naturally athletically gifted. But listen, man, I think it's an interesting you know look, Ken, because you know. <laughs> I've been, you know, watching Brady on the other side for so long. Like, I can't stand this guy. And, you know, so many people say, oh, it's, Bel- it's him and Belichick and the team. Listen, I've seen it firsthand from a team in the last, what, 10, 15 years, the losingest franchise in all of professional sports. And he comes here and turns him into a Super Bowl contender. And, listen, there's a lot of people here. You know, there's a lot of good players here on both sides of the football, young and veterans. But, man, Tom Brady has made such an impact in to me, I mean, I've always been like, all right, well, is he the greatest of all time? You know, Montana had the perfect record in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. To me, just watching what he did this year, I don't care if they win the game next Sunday or not, Ken. The best quarterback of all time with a bullet, I don't care what anybody says, what he's done with this team at 43 years young, throwing for 40 touchdowns and rushing for another three and leading this team to the Super Bowl, to me, it just put the check mark on it, best quarterback of all time. I was surprised last week when I was seeing people going, okay, fine. But I forgot. I'm an admitted fanboy at Tom Brady and have been so for some time. So <laughs> I gave him that title, but a lot of people were waiting until they saw something like they saw last week. What's it going to take to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, do you think, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, first thing I always try to say is uh, don't let him get off the bus. <laughs> if Mahomes doesn't play, I think we got a chance. But we know that's obviously not realistic. But I think the big thing is the Eric Fisher injury at left tackle. I think that is going to be the thing right there, whether it's JPP over there at times or Shaq Barrett. you got to get Patrick Mahomes off his spot. And outside of, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes is the best guy once he gets out of the pocket making plays downfield. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to, you know, not make any big plays. But if you're the Buccaneers, kind of throw them off option one. Don't have those quick hits to Kelsey over the middle. And uh, try to make life difficult for Tyreek Hill. Jam him up at the line. Carlton Davis, uh, the, the star corner for the Bucs, he's had a lot of experience playing against the Julio Joneses, the Devontae Adams of the world this year, DeAndre Hopkins going back to last year with the Texans. Uh, so I think those are the key. Just try to keep everything in front of you. Knock Mahomes off the spot. Uh, I think the Buccaneers have a clear advantage uh, on, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So if they can win the game there, I think I, if they can win those battles there, I think they have a really good shot of winning the game. Find him on Twitter, at Jay Retcher, R-E-C-H-E-R. Jay Retcher, it's like Bruce Pritchard, but there's no T in there. Jay, we thank you very <laughs> much for the time. All the best, my friend. I'm a huge Bruce Pritchard fan too, man. So, Ken, that makes <laughs> me like you even more, brother. <laughs>
<laughs> Take care, buddy. Jay Retcher, 95.3 WDAE and AM620 in Tampa Bay. We had a caller last week who brought up Vita Vea. And I thought if he's only able to play about 50% of the snaps, and it, you, know, you bring up Tom Brady and what he's able to do, if it shortens the field, okay, what's Tom Brady able to do for the other 50% that Vita Vea isn't on there that elongates the field? What's he going to be able to do there with that offense? Because I think that he'd be able – I thought he'd be able to get to Aaron Rodgers. I didn't know he'd blow up the spot the way he did last week. An unbelievable performance. And I really wish I could remember the name of the caller who called in with Vita Vea last week because it was, it was a game changer. It was an absolute game changer for that defense last week. And going back to Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I think he could have got to the three. I think he could have got there. And I think that should have changed the mind of Matt LaFleur and what he did. It was such an awesome week to watch coaching. And it's been awesome to watch coaching in this postseason. You got old guys making tough decisions, gambling, really being aggressive with it, and Sean McDermott tightened up, Matt LaFleur tightened up, other coaches who were younger tightened up in this postseason. It's the old guys who were able to do it this year. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, top five subject. And I tell you what, there's going to be a new generation of Mannings, Big Ben, Rogers. Breeze, Rivers. It's not a good thing for those guys. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.